Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Hello there and welcome to another episode of The Bra and the Brave. Episode 7 already, wow, I can't quite believe it. I hope whoever you are and wherever you are that you're enjoying the insightful chats that I have been lucky enough to have thus far and that you've taken something away from each episode that you have managed to listen to. This week I catch up with a good friend and an amazingly talented director, Thomas Gemmell. Tom and I have worked on a number of productions together, including Godspell, West Side Story and Jesus Christ Superstar. And I was keen to get him on the podcast to impart his wisdom and to share his journey into theatre and teaching. Collaborating with other creatives is something I thrive on and working with Tom, I was able to grow and challenge myself as a choreographer. So I'm thrilled he was happy to feature on here. After all, the podcast is about celebrating the brawness that is passionate folk who are brave enough to share the story and generous with their knowledge, time and experience to help and inspire others. Thank you to Tom and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I am here with Tom Gemmell or Thomas Gemmell. I'm, I'm now, I know you as Tom, is it, but is your, <laughs> your uh, professional name Thomas Gemmell? Um, when I tried some acting years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, my equity name was Thomas Gemmell. Was yes. it now? Okay, yes. right, got you. But everybody calls me Tom. We do, we yeah. do. Apart from family, I'm Thomas with family. Ah, yeah. cool. Always was. Mm-hmm. Got you. And um, I know Tom from him directing some wonderful musicals with myself over a number of years. Um, And I know a lot about your career, but I probably don't know everything. And this is a great way to get nosy and just find out Mm. where it all started for you. Mm. Can you you remember your earliest kind of memory of appreciating theatre or even wanting to work in the arts or just something that sticks out for you when you were a youngster? Nothing that early. Mm-hmm. Um, I always was and still am a big fan of movies and television. I was the I was the kid that didn't go out and go play snooker. Mm-hmm. I was the kind that stayed home and um, absorbed myself in that. Yeah. Um, which I'd love to say was thorough grounding for my future career, <laughs> but basically I just watched a lot of television and films when I was younger. Um, physical drama, one or two plays maybe when I was at school, if that. Um, my school didn't do a drama course as such. We had drama in first year for a few months, I think it was, once a week, and that mm-hmm. was it. So there was no, at that time, there was no culture in the school of doing any big school shows or anything. Mm-hmm. So totally bypassed that. Yeah. Um, the first time I got really into theatre would have been when I was at university. Okay. Um, so that is winding forward a few, a few years, but it was just going to see films. Mm-hmm. That was it. My family were not theatre goers, um, and there was no opportunity to yeah. do it. But when I went to university, suddenly there were opportunities there, and um, the the first time I did anything about theatre would have been early nineties, ninety three. It was actually um, I was at University of Strathclyde, okay, and at Strathclyde they had what they called the Drama Centre, right, which was an informal 
academy, I suppose you could call it that, of um, people coming together to try and put on theatre. And the people who ran it um, were very strong, had been doing it for a long, long time, and their idea was to try and get students and people in the community involved in theatre in some Mm. way. And I didn't know much about it, and it was actually just as I was leaving university Mm -hmm. that I... uh, I was vaguely interested in it. So I don't know if I had been thinking about that. What were you studying? uh, Oh, I I was doing English. So I studied English because I was good at it at school and I had no idea what kind of job I wanted. So I went into uni, did English and geography, which was interesting. And Mm. then my honours year was English. So there was a drama component to Mm -hmm. that, which was studying plays, but there was no performance element. So I was kind of curious and... um, People I knew at the uni were in the drama centre. And I think at that time it used to be somewhere, I think it was Ingram Street? No, Mm -hmm. somewhere, somewhere Mm -hmm. in the city centre of Glasgow. And I remember walking down the road trying to find the drama centre. And it was obviously up up a close, (laughs) next to some shops, uh, down Queen Street way or something. Uh And um, I couldn't find it, went home. And I think deep down I didn't really want to find it because I was walking into a complete unknown. But shortly after that was when they then used converted mm-hmm. the, the Ramson Theatre, which is a top of candle rigs. Yep. They converted that and made that their theatre space. And the university mm. did use it for lectures, but it became the kind of in-house place to do shows. And a couple of friends were involved in shows there, yeah. and that kind of got me through the door. But the mm. first thing I ever did was... Now, I might be wrong here, but I think it was the last year at uni, and maybe even just after mm-hmm. I got involved... And it was, um, I was in a production of Liz Lockhead's Dracula, where I played Van Helsing. So my first acting gig, and I was, um, oh, I was um, tra- channeling my best Paul Verhoeven accent because Van Helsing is Dutch. Mm. So I'd watched the documentary with Paul Verhoeven, who mm-hmm. directed lots of amazing films, and <laughs> it's 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 kind of like. What's the character in the Austin Powers films? The Dutch one. Oh. It's that accent, basically. Right. Before that film came out, I was doing so that you, accent. Yeah. So this shock of ginger hair, which was made to look grey at the temples. I had a dodgy <laughs> beard, um, a, a goatee, and had an eye patch. I said at your passage, stick. though, is it not? Though? Oh, no, that was it. it was, this might be my only play. So I'm doing the hair. I'm having an all. eye patch. Give me it all. I did it before um, Samuel L. Jackson did it in the movies. Um, so that was my Pioneer. first taste of it. And it's interesting. I'm not going to name drop because I don't really have the ability to name drop that many people. But... <laughs> Um, one person in that show is now a quite respected um, oh, really? performer on TV. Another one who's who is a great performer is now um, um, a published author. So and there's there others, and yeah. so there's lots of people who went to the Ramshorn from different backgrounds, and they've all went off in different directions. And some aren't doing something purely artistic, but mm. I think they got they got a, th- a thorough grounding in that yeah, at absolutely. that time and that's how I get started and that was the early 90s and how um, how was that experience like with uh, like you know kind of collaborating with other people and, and working alongside people that kind of were the same as you are similar I had kind of yeah. similar interests was that like one of those light bulb moments yeah. oh no it was uh-huh. um, as a, a very shy introverted type of person at that age I struggled when I first went mm. to uni and I finally managed to force myself to speak mm-hmm. to people and um, 
got a small circle of people that 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 could tolerate me and I could tolerate them and we got on really well um but to then go from that into a large production where you know there was a director the the club themselves were producing it there were lighting people there were stage management people mm. and they were all students apart from maybe one or two they were all students at the time that was a great experience and it was and it's something I still talk about today because what I got from that was getting the best of everybody and trying to mash it together yep. so you create that end product and that's Absolutely. something I still talk about today yeah. but that I think that's where it came from that mm. that experience which I do have vivid memories of I, I, I never saw the show um, I don't know how good or bad it was <laughs> I do have pictures um, of me taking a VHS kicking about I, that no, I don't think there is <laughs> I don't think there is I'll find out um, <laughs> but no that it was it was a light bulb moment in that this random assortment of people put together a show that people paid money to come and see and seemed to like and seemed mm. to enjoy and something was created and I had a hand in that and I think that's when the bug first yeah, bit massive first show confidence uh, as well uh, yeah. yeah and then where did you go and then from there was that you know you had the bug obviously so well I was there for a while uh-huh. um, at this time by this time I was doing the day job thing which mm-hmm. I still do obviously so I was doing the day job which was working in an insurance company in Glasgow yes um and I thoroughly enjoyed that day job and it, it again that got me working in lots of different teams with lots of different people it ultimately took me to different locations in Britain I spent some time in Ireland so I had great work experience there um, but at night I would do whatever was going on at the Rams mm-hmm. so um, over the years I appeared in lots of different shows um, small parts did that for a while I did some lighting so I learned about lighting there I learned about sound operated the lights and sound and it, it it's like a general progression it became um, assistant stage manager then stage manager then I became production manager then I assistant directed and then I got a, a directing gig should we call yeah, it that your stripes. a few years <laughs> later yeah and it was such and everybody that I know who went there still talks about the Ramson Fondly because it isn't a thing anymore the church is still there but the um, the, the funding um, yeah. and the, the situation everywhere has meant that unfortunately that closed as a, as a, as a place to go um, but everybody still talks about it very fondly because mm-hmm. I think everybody learns so much there and Absolutely. there were so many diverse plays that went on and some of them I did not care a thing for <laughs> but it was good to, to get that experience and yeah. the, the, uh, some of the information some of the experiences I had there still live on in anecdotes that I tell my pupils when yeah. I'm teaching because I'm a drama yeah, teacher and a media teacher, teacher as well yeah. so occasionally I'll say I remember <laughs> anecdote time I remember a time when I forgot my lines or I remember the time <laughs> totally. that this, oh, that chair collapsed and the actress fell over so I've got all of that but no that was that was a great training yeah. academy to call mm. it that and it was very informal um, so many people came through it it was it was inspirational and it was a black box theatre where you could adjust the seating so you could have it end on uh, you ah. could adjust it so that you then had a kind of traverse thing going on yeah. you turned around there were so many opportunities there to do that and you had the support yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I say some of it was not my cup of tea mm. but I think you, you learn by trying all the different options out totally. don't you? Um, but no, that was a great period uh, of time, and a few other people were doing their own shows with their own companies at the time. Still, I mean, still amateur companies, but 
they they were doing their own thing round mm-hmm. about Glasgow, so I get involved in a couple of other productions there, That's either cool. as a performer or helping behind the scenes. And that time in Glasgow, you still had, but the Tron is still there, but you still had places that were performing areas, like you know the Arches was still mm-hmm. there at the time as a venue where you could go and do theatre. Um, yeah. And there was just this feeling that there was lots of opportunities. Yeah, bus about it. It was a city. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's like now because I'm not really in Glasgow mm-hmm. anymore. But I, it doesn't feel as though it's the same. Mm. It's the same thing. So it was quite a, a productive period, I think. Yeah. And what was arts. it about uh, uh, directing that kind of interests you? Aside from the the acting. Control, Lisa. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Getting my own way for once in Fine. my life, as you know, doesn't happen anyway. Um, no, not at all. It was, it just seemed like a natural progression. I had never wanted to be a director mm. and I had never wanted to be an actor. And it just seemed, oh, I'll try this. And yeah. again, another learning another learning point for me was, it, the first play I did was a production of Therese Rakan, which is based on Zola's novel about a woman who... She and her lover conspired to kill the husband, but then have right. to keep it a secret to make it look like they didn't do it for a couple of years, and then oh, right. that poisons their relationship, oh. and so on. Okay. And um, it was static set, and there was maybe seven or eight characters, and um, I remember getting a notebook and drawing the set on the page, and coming up with symbols to represent each actor Mm -hmm. and drawing the symbols on and then arrows to where they would walk and where they would sit and I had a lot of detail there Mm -hmm. and then that was before we went into rehearsal went into rehearsal and realised that that was total nonsense (laughs) and it doesn't work Uh and and again that's something I still do today um, which some people like and some people don't but I do try and keep it open so the actor brings something of because course, yeah. you say I want you to go over there and sit down and the question you get is okay tell me why and if you've not given that answer then that's an arbitrary move that mm. you just put in so um, I don't know it was a challenge um, to direct something was another creative um, step of course. On, on, on the journey um, and I'd say it wasn't an ambition of mine but when it came along I thought I want to do this because other sense. people were doing stuff and I thought I want to try this out mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it and um, I thought right I would like to do this a bit more it was an experience that I would encourage anybody to do if if you are into theatre um, and there's an opportunity nearby if there's a local club if there's I don't know, a town hall that does a wee drama mm. group or if there's a musical society nearby mm-hmm. and you've ever thought about it, try. Yeah. Pop pop your head in the door. And if and if you if you can do that yourself, then grab a pal and tell them they want to do it too and take <laughs> them to that place. Yeah. Because um it is it, the experiences you get are just fantastic. But no, that was the, the bug for doing it was the first play I ever did, yeah. and then I really enjoyed directing it. And it it didn't necessarily mean I was going to become a director because I was still doing the day job. Yeah. But as as a creative uh, outlet, definitely something that that caught me. Yeah. And in terms of directing plays and then directing, you know, a straight play as mm-hmm. opposed to a musical, mm-hmm. you've had experience in both. Yeah. How do they? differ for you do you have a preference like is there kind of standout things that you enjoy about either that the other one doesn't kind of serve 
I think um, I am quite impassioned about whatever that project is and to me it is the creative thing there's lots of talk about you know the director's voice or the director's vision which seems a bit highfalutin but as a from a creative point of view yeah if I'm if I'm working on a play then I want that to be the best I possibly can make it so for me when I'm directing a a, a straight play that you know that Mm. that this is my attempt to make it the best play I possibly can and if I'm doing a musical it's the same thing Um, totally different challenges Um, in terms of directing the performers on an individual level when they're working with the script uh, it's the same process regardless of whether it's musical or not Um, obviously when the musical aspect comes in it's as you know it's on a a vast scale and And you have a choreographer to deal with and you have a choreographer to rely on Lisa (laughs) and you know that so don't do that false (laughs) thing there because no because I mean let's face it I, I went from Doing my own shows with um, a group that a few of us had called Theatre Fusion, we did some shows that were real, what am I trying to say? They were real professional scripted plays, some of them by very well-known playwrights, some lesser known. So we tried to do a well-known play and then alternate that with something different. And then we tried to do some of the plays that we put together ourselves. So I wrote a couple of wee plays. I am by no means a writer, but it gave me a chance to scratch that itch as well. And that was that was great, and I suddenly went from that, from doing theatre fusion stuff to directing the musical, and there was no real transition. Mm-hmm. It was just an opportunity to, that came mm-hmm. up. Theatre fusion, which technically still exists, is kind of lying dormant mm-hmm. somewhere just now because neither me or Abby, who runs it, um, have the the time to do yeah. it because families and children came along, and other <laughs> priorities came yeah. along. Um, Adulting. <laughs> and I've been a grown-up, which is awful. And then um, this opportunity, opportunity came along to direct my first musical. And yeah, it sounds like you just have always had that kind of just let's just have a go, let's just do it. Like, um, yeah, you've not had like a set out path in terms no, of no path. yeah, yeah. No, That's no, cool though, because no then yeah, if you're path. open to opportunity uh-huh. and you yeah, know, oh, experience, yes. just and like, I oh. still am open to opportunities. <laughs> And I'm available to direct. Don't worry, we'll put all your details in the show notes. Yeah, I lean closer to the microphone there <laughs> just to show the first musical I was asked to do was Carousel, which I didn't know at all. Mm-hmm. And I was working with a group who had 80 years of experience. Well. The, 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 it's one of the, the older mm. clubs, and there's quite a lot of older yeah, clubs in, yeah. in this area. And they, they had been doing it for a, a, an awfully mm. long time. So this opportunity came up and... I thought, right, I just need to go in and make the, the best attempt that I can. And when it when it comes to when it comes to choreography, when it came to the the, the music and the choreography, it was like, okay, I know zero about this. So looking at you, <laughs> over to the right, and, and and it is. And and to be fair, I think the first couple of times, and maybe I still do, but the first couple of times, it was definitely okay, over to you now because you're the expert. And then I just stood. <laughs> quietly in the background okay. and that changed I hope it changed yes, and you can correct me and you, you could say afterwards um, when I'm not here but that <laughs> changed especially with you Lisa because it, it, be, it did become more of a partnership and I did find some of the ideas that I had did not have legs or did not have a practical application and I would say to you this is, this, here's a thing see this that's, thing that's... is that a thing could that become a move <laughs> 
Could that, so, could that that's so right? you. It's like, here's the thing. What do you think, Lisa? But that's that's what I love about your directing, and that's why I thoroughly enjoyed working with you because a, you're super passionate about what you do, and you're mm. so thorough in what you do, and but also there was always like you had an idea which then just helped me then yes. shape something uh-huh. because like that we've got a million ideas but mm-hmm. you had something usually quite specific but there was still enough room there mm-hmm. for me to then you know bring it to life Definitely. and you know and, and call it it the yeah. way that I, I, I knew I could kind of yes. thing but that's where the joy is for me when you're collaborating and it's not just like I almost like don't like getting free reign sometimes like I like mm-hmm. parameters and something yes. to say I need it to fit uh-huh in here mm-hmm. but how it looks inside mm-hmm. that box is kind of up to you yeah. um, and then just that back and forth mm-hmm. you know I think probably of all the productions that we did together I spoke to you like on a daily basis <laughs> over oh, like uh-huh. email and stuff like yes. just it was uh-huh. a constant communication mm-hmm. which then ultimately creates the best yeah. version that's what I like to think um, and well that's that was what it was for me and and I think that works really well, yeah. and the same goes for working with the MD. But I think there's less leeway there, obviously. Of course, because yeah, you've got to do what's written on the page. The school director has these dots on the page and has yeah. to follow it, but it it does it does have to be this collaboration between those three creatives. Yeah, and, and it forces it you to it. to think outside your your yeah. box. If we're talking about boxes again, yeah, you know that you're not just going in and going. Right, this is how I do things. Like yeah. it challenges you mm-hmm. to be a better mm-hmm. creator. I think so. Yeah, and there's there's there's, there's all sorts of other. Parameters. There's all hmm. um, you know yeah, of working course, with uh, an amateur club, and you've got and yeah, you've got you've got someone who has a lot of money, and let's face it, amateur clubs have to pay an incredible amount to put on these Absolutely. shows that some audience members think are quite easy to put on and cheap, and it's a huge amount of money. Oh. And when I found out how much things cost, I, I mental like for an amateur, I, I'm, I'm. Totally on the same yeah. page there. Like I yeah. remember hearing a figure and going, "You are kidding yes. me on." Yes. And and when you first hear that, or when you the, when I first did some musicals, it was like, "Okay, here's 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 how much the set costs," and I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> because we we were go, we were going to a wee empty black box theatre room somewhere in Glasgow and and having a couple of chairs and a table from IKEA <laughs> yeah, totally. and going right. Our budget was forty five pounds, <laughs> and now you're like, the set is how much? Yeah. And and I, I couldn't profess to be an expert on how you spend that money, mm. but it, but like it, again, it comes to the creative process of speaking to the, the club and saying, mm. "I would really like this kind of idea. I would like this kind of set can over we, to you. Yeah, can can, can we, we that? get that in yeah. some way? Because you can't. And I don't think ever I have ever went in and dictated, but you can't go in and dictate no, and say, you "No, I definitely no. need this thing." I mean, I did, we did a show once in Cumbernauld Theatre, which was called Blue Remembered Hills mm-hmm. by uh, Dennis Potter, where it's a group of young kids in England in the World War Two, and the children are played by adults so the grown ups are dressed like children and it's kind of rite of passage and it ends tragically involving a fire and the set we had was a cardboard box covered with hay to make it look like a bale of hay that was the set yeah I'm going from that to a a prosarch stage yeah a huge prosarch stage with stuff flying in with physical pieces of scenery a backstage crew moving that scenery 
40 people in the, the chorus mm. um, standing going, where do I go? And then the, the main performers standing at the front saying, where do I go? Yeah. And then you've got a band there who are looking at their watch going, right, we're, we're scheduled to leave at this time. The other people in the club standing next to you going, right, okay, we need to be out here at 10 o'clock. So there's all that stuff so that you know, that. and there's all these things there. And, you know, the, the, the people that put on these shows are passionate as well, and they need to try and and find a show that works and yeah. find a show that will sell mm. and you're coming in to be a cog in that yeah. machinery yeah, you know of and and that's <clears throat> i've always said that i said a lot with the, when i was working with mm-hmm. you as well that what we're trying to do is to put on the best possible show with the resources we have yeah so that the person coming in and paying money is getting value for money absolutely and i don't think that's a, an ambition that's Lofty. I don't think no. that's. No. I don't think that's. And we know with the productions that we put on that that we always went the extra mile. I think so. Yeah. Um, to make it the best it can uh-huh. be, and it's not that kind of oh well, my name's on this, so no. it's just that you no, can't help but care yes. wholeheartedly about what you're you're creating, mm-hmm. and that it has to be the best version. And you know, you're working with people from all walks of life and all different backgrounds mm-hmm. and abilities as well. Some people have trained, some people it's the, the first time they've stepped on a stage. But it's just working with everybody's strengths, playing to everybody's strengths to make it the best version and it's kind of your job to make everybody look good so yeah. it doesn't matter if somebody in inverted commas canny dance as they would say mm-hmm. or canny act as they would say it's our job yeah to, to bring them to life and bring yes. them with us Go, and come on along they bring with, to yeah. the stage yeah. so let's capture totally. that and put that mm. on the stage as well yeah, yeah. and I've, I've said this for years as well that i, I hate the stereotype of amateur theater being amateurish um it's funny you see it and you still see it Get sketches and things, and mm. you always think of you'd be shows where, hi, where you know <laughs> someone forgets their lines or falls off the stage mm-hmm. or the set collapses or they are just clunkingly awful, and that may happen. It probably does happen, but for my vast experience, my twenty-five years of doing shows, most of them have been amateur, and the vast majority of people have been amateurs, and yet the passion you get from amateurs. The, the effort you get from people who are non-professionals mm. the amount of time that they spend the amount of money their own money they spend on this this delightful hobby which ultimately puts them in stage in front of hundreds of people <laughs> I mean that's a special kind of <laughs> that is actually something not crazy but it's a special kind <laughs> yeah, of something yeah, yeah. and I've never seen you could just go to the gym <laughs> you, could, you could you could go you for could a walk take up you knitting. could watch a lot of films in the house like I used to do uh-huh. but instead you're putting yourself, yeah, you're out, put there. yourself out there and I've worked with a few professionals who have been amazing but that's their job their yes. job is to be amazing right of course and and they're bought into it because of that whereas amateurs buy into it because they love it mm. they've got that passion I know you talk a lot about passion yeah. on this yeah. they've got that passion and I can never fault people who mm. are amateurs and yet they dedicate all this time to that. Yeah. And, and I guess a lot of professionals maybe would have started as amateurs, I, I, like in their local did. club, and do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Again, um, I'm going to I'm not going to drop a name, but I discovered that someone who was working backstage in a show that I did a tiny part in back at the Ram uh-huh. is now a big movie star. Wow. I'll tell you off. Will you? Microphone. Yeah. Because this is not the place for that. <laughs> Don't remember him. Right. Okay. But someone recently. Said, oh wow. I found a program. Check it out. So yeah, you go. Just shows you. I know. 
And then um, going back to the fact that you are a now a drama teacher. Yes. How did that come about? I um I was working in a company that did a lot of things, including insurance. I was okay. not a salesperson. I could never be a salesperson. Uh-huh. Um, and I was working um for about a year. Uh, I went all back and forward to uh, Dublin and then back to Glasgow. And as part of that project, I kind of became a trainer type. Okay. And then when I came back to Glasgow, um, there was a job in the training department, so I got a job there. So same building, same mm. company, moved there, um, became a trainer, made some great friendships. In fact, it was one of them that got me the the gig doing Carousel. Mm-hmm. So made some good connections there, still friendly with them. Loved that job. Yeah. But I was still going and doing plays at night. And I thought, I like training. I like the kind of teaching side, and I like my drama. I wonder if there's a career here. So um, I made a decision. I managed to get back to Strathclyde mm-hmm. to do some modules to help boost my my first degree in English. And then I stepped away. So I mm. did the career change when I was 30-something and then went back to uni and did my postgrad and became a drama teacher. That's a big deal. Like it was and the, is a big deal. Yeah, like yeah. giving up the Z job and, yeah. and taking the leap, like financially, like yeah. and just you know, a massive change mm-hmm. like that in your life. At you know, at an age where you have responsibilities. Yeah. Of, of the well, I didn't job. really. I, at that point, uh-huh. at that point, I well, was still. You, what, what I call I responsibilities? I don't have the same responsibilities yeah. as you, uh-huh. and that that you are a parent. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I wasn't a parent that <laughs> at time. At the time, uh huh. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't do that. Um, yeah. But then it was like. I want to try this and who knows who knows if I'd stayed there who knows what mm. I would be doing who knows what I would be earning but I thought I like I like the process of trying to help someone understand something and I like drama I yeah, yeah you'd obviously made space together. for it in your life yeah uh-huh. from and, and it's, it, it was calling to me yeah. Lisa it was it calling was. to me it was and uh, I thought right let's do it and <laughs> um, couldn't get a job uh, afterwards because there, there weren't any going about so I did some work at um, one of the colleges in Glasgow so I was mm-hmm. a drama tutor there kind of part time for two years I did a tiny bit of work back at University of Strathclyde mm-hmm. in, in terms of education and then I finally got a job uh, in a Glasgow school and I'm still there and um, the job is extremely difficult extremely challenging but as all teachers will say very rewarding and I still love the process of mm-hmm getting a group of young people together and trying to get them to discover that kind of passion, those those experiences I had that yeah. took me at least to my 20s yeah. to get, trying to get them to do that. And they don't all want to be there, let's face it, but course, once eh? you stick the course and go into third, fourth year, mm. I love seeing that passion in uh-huh. them. So, yes, yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, I teach media as well now. So, oh, cool. Um, I get, I get, it's brilliant. I get to put films on. Um, <laughs> And say, here's a good film from from the past. This is Rear Window by uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And they stare at me like, it's a guy in a wheelchair talking for two hours. And there's there's no fast edits and there's no Uh car chases. But it gives me a chance um, to get, it gives them a chance to get talking about what they're watching as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm quite quite liking the, the drama side for the performance aspect. And also the aspect of them learning to work together yeah, as a team. Yeah, of course. Uh, and some of them struggle with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I'm enjoying the media side as well because they are then, it's not active as such, but they're getting a lot of chance to respond and reflect on what they're seeing and form their own opinions. Okay. And occasionally we say, go and film something. Uh-huh. So the other day I had a, the whole of my third year class running about the school filming a short film. Mm-hmm. And they had to do five shots only. Okay. That was their restriction. Okay. and. 
it was one of it's like a cartoon moment where there was a draft of wind dust in the air and the door closed and they had all vanished and I thought this is either going to be amazing or the head teacher's going to come and say Mr. Gable and then towards the end of that period the head teacher came in and said Mr. Gable and I'm like oh what have they done and she just said I've been watching what these young people have been doing and it's fantastic when is the premiere and I went alright I said well we're going to do a wee presentation next mm-hmm. week so maybe we'll invite you along I said we've not got a red carpet as such <laughs> maybe I'll get a red doormat because you know funding so um, <laughs> we're going to do that next week so it's um, that's cool again it's a, it's, it's a thing that is a passion for me yes yeah, so it doesn't need to be grandiose like you know major sets and no and, well, I can't. No. you know it, like you, the passion and the, the joy of yeah. what you do is there mm-hmm. whether there's Stick on beards mm. or red carpets. It's trying to to say mm. to them, look, I, I really like this subject. Mm-hmm. And and again, you've got a diverse set of individuals with their own issues and problems and worries and likes and dislikes and friendships that fall apart and then they get fixed again two days mm. later. But it was the worst thing ever. And mm. you've got all of that competition in the room between those who don't say much like like me yeah because i always yeah. say to them i was just the wee ginger boy at the back of the mm-hmm. class and i was and i keep saying to them i still am mm-hmm. but i can now deal with that yeah. better because yeah. of the experiences i've had uh-huh. and you can learn that too if you just stick in and do the work <laughs> and it's trying to say to them look school can be tough but see you, know, you didn't sell insurance but you can definitely sell the the, uh, the, the joy of drama maybe I should maybe I should say I'm sure I, I was I was totally convinced you had me there right. hook line sinker like, well I'll get a transcript of what I've just said because I could never remember it. Um, but no it's it's I, I like doing it I love doing it um, again it's working in a good team we've got a really strong department mm. and for someone who does and you know this who does respect having my own time and I'm not necessarily the life and soul of the party I have always been most productive when I've been working with a strong group and it was the same when I was doing shows years Mm. ago. It was the same when I worked for that particular insurance company. When I became a trainer, strong team. The school I went and did my years probation in, strong team. My current job, strong team. So it's just one of those weird things where I think I can work quite well in a team. Of course, and all the cogs in a machine don't need to look the same. No. But they all have to work yes. together and to make it work. It's fascinating yeah. when it works. Yeah, work, yeah. But it's fascinating. Of course. When it works. Yeah. Do you think the you will ever grace the stage again? Yes. Do you? Yes. Really? Do you have like a kind of no. bucket list or? No. Because I'm being realistic about it. I'm not an actor. Um, I did. I did. I did apply to the RSAMD mm-hmm. back in the day and got to the last selection mm. in the afternoon. I was really pleased. Yeah. With yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, until they said, right, walk around the room as if you're an alien. Oh. And having never done drama before, I was like, pardon? Well, everybody else is doing these funny walks, and then the good ones were actually joining arms and becoming larger blobs of aliens. Oh. And I kind of stood thinking, all right. Um, I, I love performing. Yeah. Um, um, I prefer, last time I was in a play was a couple of years ago, um, uh, in Glengarry Glen Ross, which was on in Glasgow. I love doing it. I like being directed. Um, mm-hmm. I like having a say. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's people who would say, yeah, you do like having your say, Tom. But <laughs> you need to be directed sometimes, which is probably true. 
but I don't have to get my way. I just no. like I just like, just having like my to say your that, ten pence on, and, and then that's see. when I'm directing as well. Yeah. I just say, look, look, I've got a thought. Let's try it. Absolutely. If you've got a better idea, let me yeah, know, and yeah. you'll choose the best of the both ideas. And I've tried to get that into everything I do as well. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. When the when the time is right and when the opportunity comes up, I'd love to. Like like you've stage. always done. You will just yeah. There'll just be that moment. You exactly. go, why? Let's do that. The next step will be performing in a musical. So maybe that's my next. Oh my goodness. Yes, I well, we, we used to always. Do you? If there's a show that involves a red-haired person who can sing really bad falsetto, right. just on Just don't let them know. We must write this. Let them show. know I'm in the market. Right? <laughs> to be fair, we did always threaten that we would make our way on stage at some point. I still think that's a good idea. Do I you? I'd think the MD, the choreographer, the uh-huh. director should just swap places for a show just for fun, just to see what happens. If you could be, be in a wrong. current like a musical that's actually. If it could I'm be in one, yeah. What? Which I, I am it be? currently um, upset, not obsessed, with Heather's. Oh yes. No, I've never seen the film, mm-hmm. but the musical is, I think, amazing. Okay. And, um, I haven't seen it. No, the soundtrack. No, uh-huh. the script. Um, I would like to be in that. Cool. If it was a current show, That's that would cool. be awesome. And in terms of um, directing, mm-hmm. which obviously is a real love of yours, mm-hmm. what? would you like to direct next do you think or no, are you directing I something think you that... know my answer to what I would like to mm. do I mean I say you'll go yeah of course um, I'm not directing anything at the moment and um, I'm available if anyone is looking <laughs> and um, shows that I would like to direct it's just shows that I liked growing up mm. so um, I was a fan of Oliver um, I would like to direct that I'm a huge fan of Evita yes. I would love to do Evita um, everybody else keeps doing it though I would I'd like to do Heather's if it ever came mm. up, but that'll be a long way away. Um, I would love to do ca- Cabaret. Yes. Cabaret is a biggie. We for did me. just to yeah, say that. We, we that did would say be. It all yeah. the time. I yeah. think we might do that. Yeah, I think one day. I it think would we be might. Good. Yeah. Because I think that would be an ideal, for me, and from everything I've said so far, I think that would be an ideal way of collaborating with the music, yeah. with the choreographer, getting as many ideas to, to make that as visual as possible. Mm. And Hi, you know, highlighting the, the, the leads and making sure that the chorus are really involved and visible in, in, mm. in what is going on in that show because I think you could do a very immersive version of yeah. Cabaret. And like, what, for me, like your kind of style of directing has always fascinated me because like you are, I'm going to say experimental. I always enjoyed you the way you kind of wanted to be inclusive of other people and, and not just do what's written on the page or what's that kind of expected or the, yeah, the uh-huh. you know the normal mm-hmm. version like you know, we did Sunshine on Leith and we had the chorus on the outskirts of the stages if they were part of the mm-hmm. you know kind of party um, they were privy to what was going on like there's always been elements of your directing that I think are really creative and mm-hmm. different and you know immersive like you say um, which I've I think tried. is important I mean, I s- I've seen a few shows and I, I'll be honest, I, I struggle when, when I've been working with amateur shows, I struggle when I'm restricted to just the pros arch, but that's because most of my experience in amateur theatre before was smaller groups doing flexible venues, so yeah. the minute that arch is there, I, I, I'm like, well, everyone's so far away, mm. <laughs> you're so far away from the audience, which is why like, the shows we've worked mm. together on, there has been an attempt to bring the yes. cast down into the theatre, mm. and it wouldn't work for every show, but I, I don't like it when the show is far away from mm-hmm. the audience. You and want the audience to feel that they're 
Uh huh. I want them to. Escapism. I think if if you you can go and sit in a cinema and lose yourself in the world of the movie because the screen is huge and it's Mm. right in front of you. Um, In a theatre, if you're near the back, you've got 40 rows of people in front of you Mm. and you can see all the other distractions. And I think where possible, it's nice to, again, air quotes, try and make it immersive. Because to me, that would would inspire me. That would get me thinking that the theatre is now actually involving me in some Mm. way. I'm not just a spectator watching it at a distance, but... I'm part of that. And without sounding really pompous about it, I think that's kind of where this, where theatre started. There was that element of people being involved and whether it's Greek or whether it's Shakespearean, there was mm. always a kind of two-way thing going on there, which we can't do all the time. Yeah. But I think if you've got a musical, especially a big, mm-hmm. fun musical like Sunshine and Leaf yeah. was, um, I think you could do that. Or like JCS, when yes. the Jesus Christ Superstar, mm. bringing... Bring almost everybody down into the audience I think was really impactful and I think it made it made that show for yeah. me and I struggle with the archway mm-hmm. and that's a problem because th- <laughs> there will be times where it's like we don't have stairs you know we can't yeah. do that uh-huh. so then I would have yeah. to to rethink that but I do I, I, I love theatre I wish you could afford to go out and see more of it um I'm always inspired by what I see. I'm lucky in, in the job I have, we go to London every year, so I see a couple of shows and I go, oh, there, mm-hmm. there's, there's a little idea that I will use. <laughs> um, and I try and incorporate that. I, I do think that, that a lot of the clubs, because of the demands of the venue or the, the set or the, the, the stuff they have to fly in, they, they rely a lot on bringing cloths down and huge bits of set pieces that have to be manhandled on the stage. Um, and this is and this is not me criticising the people who work backstage, but I think nowadays professional theatre, when you see it, yes, they've got a huge budget, but it is slick. Um, movies, when you see them, it is slick. Mm-hmm. Everything is so slick, and and I think people's sensibilities are we want to see something slick, and I can't sit through a long scene change. I can't sit through yeah. that, and especially young people. Sorry, I deal mm-hmm. with young people all the time, <laughs> um, and it breaks my heart. They can't watch Rear Window and just concentrate on it mm-hmm. for an hour and a half because that's not the way they're but well, we live in a world where everything's like it has to be now that scene like right needs now. to go that yeah. scene needs yeah. to go the next one needs yeah. to start and everything's filled um, and everything's I've looks always beautiful. tried I've always tried to say let's let's slick this up a bit mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever said that phrase but <laughs> what can we do to, to make this more look more polished yeah. it's not highfalutin no. it's not ideas above our station we, we've got a job to try and make that person who's spent 16, 17, 18, 20, whatever it is, pounds, Absolutely. who are coming to see an amateur show, we want them to walk away thinking, actually, that wow. was worth everything. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's always been my aim. And mm. and it will be in the future. Great. In whatever thing, whatever project I do next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lastly, mm-hmm. if you had advice to give to that quiet wee ginger boy at the back of the room what would you say if there was a desire there or a voice there or a that's a good question is it oh it's a great question (laughs) what would i say to them Mm. genuinely don't know if 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 it's a young person i'm working with just now um i think they compare themselves to other people in the class so you'll have people in the class who are very extroverted or do dance or do drama Mm. and they're always the loud ones in the room 
and it's saying to them you don't have to be that person what can you be mm-hmm. and what can you do for you getting up and standing here and doing a dance in front of the crowd is maybe impossible mm-hmm. or maybe not possible yet but I don't want you to do that I want you to do your thing so what can you do and yeah. even if that's just standing up and saying a line if that's being involved in moving the set if that's operating the lights then at least that will be you contributing and you never know you might just like it yeah. and once you get that like that bug mm-hmm. then maybe you'll think what can I do next that's perfect advice that's why you're so good at what you do <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for doing this no thank you we're now moving on the bit that I'm scared the about fast and furious round oh, well, it's not really no please edit out the huge thinking <laughs> gaps <laughs> If you could direct the remake of any movie, which would it be? What would your approach be? Good grief, Lisa. <laughs> I thought you'd like, be right in there. That's the best question ever. <laughs> I thought the last question was the best question ever. I'm killing Stop it Stop hitting me with these good questions. <laughs> that was actually, if I'm totally honest, that question was completely rewritten for you because it was, um, if you could star in, star in the remake, but then I was like, no, no, no. Tom's going to direct it and his approach is going to be Um, that's a hard one because some of my favourite films and I don't do lists but some of my favourite films are films I don't think should be remade fair Fair enough for fun for giggles yep I would I would remake some Lake at Hot right nobody would remake that but that's the one I would would. cool if I had to if you forced me and said you have to make a film some Lake at Hot what was the question? Um, yeah, what, just what would your approach be? Because we, we don't want to say that you would... Hmm. It's not about making it better, it's just making it... Like putting the point. putting the Thomas Gemmell stamp on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going to get one of them made up. Um, <laughs> put the stamp on... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I would... Well, do you know what? Mm-hmm. I would speak to the actors, Lisa. And uh-huh. I would ask them what they... <laughs> I would say to them, Boom. what do you... Done. Listen, I, this, this is a collaboration, I would yes, say. Yes, you This would. is us working together, and I've got some ideas, but I want you but to what, tell me what, what you think. What are your ideas? No, I would love to do something like that, obviously, but nobody would ever remake that film. <laughs> I, I, would, would I, keep, I would, I would I'd keep it in black and white. Cool. I would do it in black and white. I would get a cinematographer who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I think we would try and capture um, the crazy fun of that film, mm. which... Some of the humour might be a bit dated for modern audiences, but um, it would be interesting to take that kind of classic storyline and maybe try and, I don't know, see if that kind of semi-improvised thing they do nowadays in mm. comedies, maybe try and see if we could bash that together and That's see if cool. something good would come out of that. It could be a horrific, horrible child <laughs> but it would be good of fun. both of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you finish this sentence? I have always wanted to... to Not disappoint. Yeah. That's... I I hear that. I hear that every day. (laughs) In my head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was very profound. I'll just leave that there. I thought you were going to like skydive or... (laughs) Oh, it's one of those questions. No, Um, it's it's genuinely not. No. No, no. Without being too heavy about it. No, I think that's me. Mm -hmm. Don't always... It doesn't always work. Uh, but definitely not skydive. Fair enough. No, no skydiving, <laughs> Who would your three dinner party guests be if you had your pick of people 
that you know or celebrities um, who are no longer here can yeah there's no limitations assuming assuming family are already there mm-hmm. just let's say that Bing. assuming that they're there already <laughs> they're getting an invite who, who, who would I like <laughs> three yeah three um, well kind of connecting to some like hot I'd like Jack Lehman mm-hmm. um, Alfred Hitchcock cool and Bjork oh cool that'd be a dinner party it would be fun if nothing else <laughs> Send me an invite. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? I would like to say something like injustice or intolerance, mm-hmm. but it has to come down to people parking in the child spaces at a, in a supermarket car park. It has to be. Has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I don't including. understand. It's just like, I need the door to open that yeah. way for a reason, man. Um, yeah. I have been privy to some of your Facebook rants over the years. <laughs> My, my, my I've, always, I've always pressed the like button. Thank you, oh, thank you very much. And I always check that you press the like of button. Of course. Does everybody do that? Like, who liked it? Oh, right, mm, I see. Right. No, but my, even even as we if we drive up, my son's now four, and when we drive up, he now starts to say the things that me and my wife usually say. Not not bad words, but usually no, it's no. like, "Oh ho, is that? Do they have someone in there? Is that a child in there?" And we're like, oh. Dear. But no, that's that's my pain. Yeah, yeah, I get you. What's a moment in your past that you would like to relive again? I would like to go back to university, but not be the person I was when I went to university. Okay. I'd like to go back and be the person I was when I left university, and then I might mm. have had. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but then I might have enjoyed those four years a bit better. Got you. Because I felt that I. It took me a while hmm. to 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 integrate and join in. Academically, yeah, it was fine, mm-hmm. but it took me a while to learn that and yeah. to, to 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 work with it can others. Be such a massive mm-hmm. transition. It was. You know. It was for me, and I think yeah. Um, again, no regrets. Well, tons of regrets, but you know, hmm. there's nothing you can you, you can go back and change stuff. But if I had to, I would say no. I'd, just so I could walk into that situation, maybe with more ammunition. Nice. What is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? My favourite Scottish word, I knew this was coming. But I have one and it's yes. never used, right? And right, okay. When I was at uni, we did a, a, a module on Scottish poetry and mm-hmm. there's a Scottish word that I like that I never use, but I just like it and it's capernoity. Never heard it. Which apparently means slightly irritable <laughs> or sometimes slightly tipsy. So... One of them, Cap- I think, Capernoiti. Capernoiti. That's a good one. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm fair Capernoiti. Aye, he's foo in Capernoiti, apparently. <laughs> that's a good one. So maybe you have to be slightly drunk and then you become slightly irritable. Aye. Maybe that's the connection. Or then. you're quite irritated, so you have a wee bit of a baby. Maybe. <laughs> I need to go to Asda because I'm feeling Capernoiti. <laughs> that was... I'm glad you thought of when that When you get to the, the aisle where the alcohol is, but it's already 10 o'clock oh, and they've closed the aisle, no. that's when you get Capernoiti. Is that not when you get rad? <laughs> <laughs> or even worse, if it's 10 in the morning and you're waiting for them to open it. That's Capernoiti. Oh, you're fair. I've never I've seen people doing that. I've seen two people waiting in a queue for the barrier to You were out. probably in as to being fair Capernoiti oh. about folk parking in. Capern- I remember. I've been Capernoiti all day. I think. <laughs> people parking in the child <laughs> spaces. 
What has been the best advice ever given to you? The best advice was, to give you context, it's when I worked in Dublin. Mm -hmm. And I worked, when I was in Glasgow, the the team I worked with dealt with application forms that were coming in. So it was new clients. Mm -hmm. And they were setting up their offshore branch in Dublin, as everybody did at that time. And I was sent over with a few others to give our experience to the Irish staff in Dublin who were going to create this new office. So we became the kind of mentors, we became the experts. And and we also dealt with various different um, independent contractors um, who were working on the project as well. And one night in Dublin, don't know how it ended up, but me and this other contractor were, were in some bar somewhere because they've got bars in Dublin mm-hmm. and we were we were in this and I remember and I wasn't drunk and I remember saying I've got genuinely no idea what I'm doing here because I've not worked for that long in this company I'm not an expert I'm just a punter I'm not a manager type and he said he said Tom you wouldn't be here if they didn't think you had the experience or the potential or the ability you simply wouldn't be sitting in Dublin tonight and I thought, okay, mm. so maybe I do have something to give here. So that was wise words. And Indeed. it forced me to stop and reflect a wee bit. And then uh, move and on. And dissipated the imposter syndrome. Well, uh-huh. yeah. it's like, uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why am I here? I don't want to get caught out. Uh-huh. Yeah. But no, it was like, well, you wouldn't be here. Of course. They, they chose you for a reason. Mm. Whatever that reason is, they chose you. So um, know that and then yeah. move on. And I guess that kind of relates to your career in terms of what the opportunities that have came up and you just have to mm-hmm. grab them and go, there's a reason mm-hmm. why I'm yep. in this play. There's yep. a reason why I'm going to give directing a go. There's yep. a reason why I'm going to, you know, do this or this next project. Or I'm going to go into teaching. Definitely. You've just kind of, yep. just don't question it too much. Just, nope. this is the path. Who I'm knows on what's it. next? Who knows what's next? Mm-hmm. On that note, thank you so much for doing this, Tom. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank and you, you would be awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for that. Pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.